Hey everybody, welcome back to Hear Our Voices. This is your host, Kaden, and our guest speaker for today is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, tell me a little bit about yourself. So my name is Elizabeth Bird. I have been living with a housing voucher for close to 17 years. Oh, wow. I have six kids, ages 28 to 12 years old. Oh, that's a full house. <laughs> yeah, very full house. Um, yes. I'm divorced for like 12 years now. Okay. Um, so my housing journey go way, way back. Yeah. And You're until recent, I literally got a, per I got, we got permanent housing after so much years. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So can you go way, way, go back in the mm -hmm. archives and tell me initially how you end up homeless or who even told you about Pat? So, um, we moved here in 2003 um me and my three kids at the time uh my ex-husband had come over for like maybe six months and he was like hey I got a room I'm ready for you guys to come so we you know left Belize and we came okay um because the kids go to school I learned about um citizen advice bureau all right and, you know, they were helping me like, hey, how do I get housing or what do I do? At that time, I'm, I'm currently pregnant with my now 17-year-old. Okay. And we were literally living in, in rooms. Mm. And my caseworker at the time was just advising me like, hey, um, you have your American-born son. You guys can go, you know, to Pat. And I'm like, what's that? you know, it's basically a shelter because we were having so much problems living in rooms um, because you never know when they're like, oh, we're not taking, you know, um, rent no more. You guys got to leave. Right. Um, that did happen and we had to leave. Um, and we had to leave the pot because we didn't have any other choice to go. Um, and this was between... This was 2005. So a lot of people don't know unless they lived it. 2005, the EAU, they are fast tracking you. Okay. So because we didn't have like someone to verify us from the room. Yeah. Um, they kept um, telling us you're denied, you're denied. So every 10, 10 days we would, you know, get a place to live. And then after that 10 days, oh, you guys are denied. I'm like, so what do we do? Well, you apply back again. It's frustrating. Yeah. There was no choice. Uh, my ex-husband lost maybe three jobs. Yeah. Not six months time because we went there in February. We got, um, we got eligible in April, but because they were shuffling us so much, we didn't find out we were eligible until June. Are you serious? So serious. Wow. So between February and June, we were waking up six o'clock in the morning, have no idea where we are. We just wait for that yellow bus to come. 
yeah, and drop off you. Drop us off there. Um, you know, I go in, I'm checking in, getting the kids breakfast, getting in line from MetroCard, taking them to school with a baby. Um, and I either go back there or if I have, you know, stuff to do, I would, you know, I guess walk about all day or take the baby to the library. Um, and then do that whole procedure again come 6 30 in the evening wow so every night was a different like hotel they called it yeah it looked like a normal apartment yeah when you into the to the rooms and stuff or sometimes if it's in manhattan it's like a a bunk bed situation with a tiny fridge and a microwave got it you know and they, they didn't care where they put you for the night you got somewhere to sleep for the night so i'll you know, knowing the type of person I was, I was just thankful we had somewhere to sleep. Um, well, that sounds rough. That really sounds yeah, rough. That went on for six months until they placed us. And we were still hesitant. I'm like, okay, we're here. How long are we going to be here for? Till yeah. the people told us like, no, no, no. You guys will stay here until you find a place. And we we're like, are you sure? <laughs> Because we're going through this for six months. Exactly. So you never thought, you know, that like you're already traumatized. Like, um, yeah, sure. They told us that at the last one. Yeah. But they were right. We stayed there, um, I think, till December. Um, because a person came in, she just bought her first home. And she found out from a family member that worked for the shelter system that, you know, families always need um, to rent somewhere. Right. So she, you know, she, um, they gave basically the shelter said, hey, here's a family. I met her. She felt comfortable. We saw the apartment. We signed the lease and we were good. What the shelter told me to do was, hey, Apply for NYCHA. Apply for Section 8. So I did. Yeah. NYCHA, NYCHA came true, but um, because my husband didn't have his, you know, green card, um, right. the person that he was working for refused to sign oh, um, wow. the payment stuff. So we lost NYCHA. And then months after that, we got... um. Section eight. I was like, okay, because everybody's like, nah, you're not going to get that right now. That's going to take five to 10 years. It does take forever. <laughs> we got night chat and we got section eight so fast. You're lucky. And we, we did, we did section eight. <clears throat> we told the landlord, hey, you know, this is what happened. And she had a three bedroom and she was getting ready to buy another house. So she was like, you know, I can have you guys, you know, I could rent you guys the upstairs. Mm. So I was like, okay. So I stopped looking for places because she was ready to, um, you know, rent us upstairs. Yeah. Come to find out, um, I'm like, what happened? You know, I saw some people moving maybe two months after. Oh, wow. You guys were taking long. I was like, I am not taking long. It's not my thing. I have to go with what these people say, you know, I've been going through the process. 
Um, you know, I just have to do what they tell me. So we ended up had to go hunt again. And I was so happy and blessed that we found one maybe two weeks after. Yeah. And this lady had a three bedroom apartment. She was ready to rent us. Um, and we, we, we got it. Now a year in section eight is paying the rent a whole year. Now I'm at baby number five. Um, they, they told us they made a mistake. What? Made a mistake? Like, wait, wait, <laughs> how do you mean you made a mistake? I said, I kept on asking, how does Section 8 work? Because at this point, there's only one American citizen in the household. Number two was on the way. Yeah. Oh, well, it goes by family. I'm like, okay, no problem. That's why I'm asking. Right. And then a year passed, and now you made a mistake. So from the seventeen thousand, I think they were paying, they dropped it to two fifty. Okay. Wow. And then HRA was paying two fifty, and I'm like, where are we gonna find this whole? I think it was twelve hundred or something we had to come up with out of pocket, and I'm like, I don't know where we're gonna get that from. You know, at the time, my ex-husband was not working. Right. Even if he was working, he wasn't making all that money. Exactly. Um, to pay that rent. Otherwise, why would we, would we need you? You know? Exactly. And my lovely landlord um, decided that she don't want any more programs. Oh. Took me to court <laughs> to get us out. Um. So then I realized, I'm like, well, we don't have nowhere to go. I'm looking for places because now I'm trying to get FEPS from HRA. Right. And I'm at the courthouse in the court and the judge is telling my landlord, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> this lady owes you over $10,000 in back rent. Right. And you don't want to give her a lease so that FEPS can pay your back rent? Exactly. She's like, that's not the point. FEPS is not supposed to pay. It's Section 8. They're the one that made the mistake. They're the one I'm like... Doesn't matter. Like, You're getting money. Section 8 ain't going to pay. What part you don't understand? Section 8 is not going to pay. And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, okay, fine. If I give her a lease, I get back that money. What happened to the other month? Who's going to pay that month? I'm like, what does this lady do not understand? Like, they are going to pay their rent every month. Exactly. After that, I think I was in court with her like five, six times back and forth. And I, I was done. <laughs> I was just like, okay, do what you want to do. Um, so, you know, the day came. Um, I had somebody that I knew that deals with the marshals and she was like, okay, um, August so-and-so, marshals are coming to your house. I was like, okay, that gives me enough time. I'm a pack. Um, I got all the information that I needed. Um, okay. The storage was giving like a truck for you to come in and rent their storage. Mm -hmm. We left, I think the day before the marshals were supposed to come because I just couldn't put my kids through that, you know, right. having a bunch of people in uniforms coming to 
tell you to get out and you know they were still young right I had babies I had um I think my boys were like between six and three years old um my teenager was 15 and 13 something like that around that age so they're still young right and for them to go through that like we didn't even want to go back to the shelter because they've been through this already right you know, and for me, the hardest part is spending the day at the EA. It's, it just traumatized them. But we had to go. And the reason my ex-husband became my ex-husband, he was like, well, if you're going back to the shelter, I'm not going. I was like, well, I got to do what I got to do for my kids. Bye. Oh, wow. Yep. And because I was going through all that stress, I didn't know I was seven and a half months pregnant what yep so i had a nine one oh, and i was pregnant and didn't even know oh wow yep because during the whole nine month pregnancy with the the first baby girl well sorry the second baby girl i have three girls and three boys so one girl came first three boys in between and then the two girls came back to back so I was already going through, mentally going through a lot of headache. Uh, my sister-in-law had recently died and I was very close to her. We did a move, had a baby, basically an emergency C-section. And then now this lady's telling me after I had the baby, like, oh, um, I'm gonna take you to court because section eight is not gonna pay, you know, your rent. And as soon as we got in the shelter, they wanted medical stuff. And that's when I found out. I was like, okay, you know, just, just bring everything on. <laughs> so that, 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 that was 2009. I had the baby December, 2009. And at the time we were living in the Bronx. And when we went to the EAU, we spent maybe 12 hours or more. But that whole 12 hours was just traumatizing, you know, all over, especially for the older ones. Yeah. Because they remembered it so well. You know, up to now, my 17-year-old has vague memories of, um, of that instance. Mm. And we were in the Bronx. I was pleading with them, like, can we stay in the Bronx? They shipped us to Brooklyn. Of course. <laughs> like listen, if you don't want to take this you know it's your right you don't have to take it but you're gonna have to wait here this is 11 30 at night right we've been there from like seven eight o'clock in the morning and i'm like we'll, we'll take it you know i'm like I, I can't i can't right now and they're like do you want to wait for the van you know it's 10 minutes i said sure we're gonna wait and that's how we ended up in Brooklyn. And we were at that shelter for close to five years. Are you serious? Five years? Yeah, because there was no, this is before, um, this is Bloomberg era. This is before de Blasio came in. There was no, um, there was no voucher. Oh and and the, the shelter really, really messed me up because I told them when I went in, I said, hey, I was about to get um, the FEPS. Right. And I still, you know, 
keep up with HRA and let me let me tell them where I am and you know do the voucher. My case worker told me, no, because you're here, that went down the drain. Everything went down the drain. So I was like, what happened to section eight? Oh, that's that's no good no more. So I believed okay. her because I didn't know what else to do. Right. Fast forward eight years later, I spoke to chief assembly um, office manager for an assemblyman. And she's like, they lied to you. You, you could have still had your FEP or fixed the section eight and find yeah. an apartment. And I was like, wow. They traumatized their family because I don't know, I guess misinformation. And that's what I don't like about shelter mm -hmm. workers. A lot of them are just either too lazy or they just yeah. don't know the information. They, they don't care. That's yeah, so we, we were there for four and a half years. So my baby girls grew up there. Witching, I'm like, you know, sometimes you got to be somewhere because God wants you there. Yeah, um, definitely. None of my kids did daycare, but the girls did daycare. And I'm happy to say my kids were blessed. Um, they took really good care of them. Like, I'm still in contact with the babysitter. <laughs> That's good. From the daycare. And like, you know, they would invite me to church and they were like this bird. You can't tell nobody, you know, we invited you to church. <laughs> not supposed to fraternize with you. I said, who do you think I talk to here? I don't right. talk to nobody. <laughs> you know, I basically talk to the workers. Right. You know, I mean, even it was like, we did a lot of stuff. Um, They literally, um, how do I... I, I just have to use the word bully. Wow. They were getting a new new person, a new director. So now because I'm there for four years, they're trying to, what you going to do? Because DHS, DHS, um, you know, are coming down on us. And um, they, they, they can, they can call ACS on you. And I'm like, what? They love doing that. Shelters love trying to call ACS on parents who are trying their best to get their child, the children together. It's ridiculous. We don't do nothing but go to school, um, you know, see our friends that's in the Bronx. Like when I say friends, they're like family. They will bring us home. Right. You know, nobody, nobody's going to drive you from Bronx to Brooklyn. Exactly. That's true. They will bring us home. <laughs> And even if we did this once a month, you know, like what, what am I doing? I do everything. I'm telling you, they had so much workshop. Who was always there? Me. If nobody showed up, I was there. Because you're like, do what you have to do. I'm doing what I have to do. That's you know, crazy. I literally ran from the place because a friend of mine said, hey, there's a studio. Do you still, you know, do you still need a place? I'm like, uh, yeah. At this time, my, um, my now, I think she was 18, nearly 19 years old. She had left already. So now I'm just with five kids because, you know, she, she's doing her own family now. Yeah. Wow. So I moved. I moved into a studio with five kids, don't know how to pay the rent, just 
trying to figure it out. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening this far to the podcast. As you can see, or probably you know by now, this is a three-part series. So, guys, sit back and relax for the upcoming episodes coming up in the following weeks. Thank you for listening. Also, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. The stuff will be in the description down below. And if you have any questions or if you want to be on the podcast, guys, if you want to be on the podcast and be a guest and you are in a family shelter, definitely write us in the email or you can DM us anytime. And we are, I'm definitely always up. So I'll listen to your messages. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Listen to me next time. Thank you guys. Bye.